Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Lehigh County in Pennsylvania adopted its seal 75 years ago. The seal features a cross in the center surrounded by nearly a dozen secular symbols like a heart, a farm, and a factory. And in the first test of the Supreme Court's most recent decision on the display of religious symbols. The Third Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled the seal does not violate the Constitution's prohibition against government endorsement of religion. Joining me is an expert on the First Amendment, Rick Garnett, a professor at Notre Dame Law School. Rick, will you explain the Third Circuit's reasoning here? Yeah, sure. Although you, you did a great job in your setup. Oh, thank you. What's, really significant, what's significant here is that this is a, an early indication of how federal courts of appeals are going to interpret and apply uh, the Supreme Court's latest decisions having to do with religious symbols and religious expression in the public square. Um, for years, there had been um, some confusion and perhaps contradictory results in the lower court opinions, mainly because the Supreme Court itself couldn't seem to decide on how these religious symbol cases should be handled. And so they tended to um, come out in various unpredictable ways, uh, depending on a, a whole lot of factors. And what some people were hoping was going to happen after the Supreme Court's most recent decision appears to be happening, namely that um, the court here had a pretty clear approach and said, look, the Establishment Clause doctrine that the court created for dealing with um, things like school prayer or uh, financial aid to schools that doctrine simply does not apply to cases involving long-standing public seals, you know, the names of towns and so on. It was always going to be the case that the Supreme Court was never going to make San Francisco or Sacramento change their names, but they didn't really have it they didn't really have doctrine that would explain why that was the case. And I think now we do. I think the Third Circuit has shown us that in these cases involving first amendment challenges to these passive long-standing symbols, the fact that they have religious content does not make them an establishment of religion. So is there a presumption of constitutionality for long-standing monuments? Yeah, exactly. That's the term that the, the court uses. Again, following the Supreme Court, it's not an absolute rule, but um, the court was pretty strong, I think, in saying that there's the, the presumption is going to be a strong one. If there's been a symbol that was adopted a long time ago, even if it includes some religious imagery, um, if it's existed for a long time, if its purpose and meaning has evolved over time, uh, so long as it's not uh, discriminatory uh, in its uh, intent or disparaging of, of a particular religious denomination, uh, the court says it's going to be very difficult to overcome the presumption. So this, this ruling, if it's followed, um, it should be pretty effective in helping courts sort of get out of the business of explaining, again, why Las Cruces, New Mexico doesn't have to change its name. So now what about, is the next test going to be about monuments that are not longstanding? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. I mean, as you might recall, a couple of years ago, uh, the last time the court was really dealing with symbols that involved the Ten Commandments. 
and you had the court hand down two decisions on the same day, one of them involving an old Ten Commandments display that had been up for decades in Texas, and the other one was a relatively new one that had been put up in a courthouse in Kentucky. And the court came out differently on the two displays, basically said the the old one could stay, but the new one was problematic. So it does remain to be seen, I think, um, kind of how old is old enough? How old does a symbol or a seal or a place name need to be in order to get this presumption of constitutionality? My sense is that um, if you had a if, if some town were to adopt a new seal next week or to put up a you know to, to change its name to one that had a religious uh, connotation or to engage in some other kind of religious symbolism uh, people challenging it would say well if you look at the history of why the town is doing it the intent really is to make a, a religious um, statement and perhaps a discriminatory religious statement that would be the way to overcome the presumption so Rick as you mentioned, the court has sort of struggled to lay out clear rules governing religious symbols on public lands. And even this latest ruling, though there were seven justices who agreed with with the main opinion, seven of the nine, I'm sorry, seven of the nine wrote an opinion in the case explaining themselves. So does that show that it's going to be tough to come to a decision about monuments that are newer? Well, a, a lot of us uh, court watchers were wondering that, and I, I, probably many of us still are, because as you say, there, you have to kind of piece together different justices' opinions to sort of identify um, the, the rule. And in this case, the Third Circuit, I think, showed pretty clearly how that can be done, and I suspect other courts will follow the example. That is, if you put together the opinions of the justices who were among um, the seven, and including you can ident- identify opinions that were signed onto by five justices. Um, it does appear that the so-called lemon test is simply not going to apply to these symbols and displays cases anymore. We want to get more data points and see more courts weighing in, but I, I, I feel pretty confident that other courts are going to find the, the Third Circuit's reading of, of those opinions the uh, the right one. Will you explain the lemon test for those of us who are? Oh, of course. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, the lemon uh, lemon is a case that was decided nearly 50 years ago, um, and it had three parts to it. And so this is what law students always had to learn and you know regurgitate on the bar exam. But the idea was that um, the First Amendment's rule against establishments of religion, um, if, if in order to be an establishment. Uh, a policy needed to either lack a secular purpose, that was the first part. Uh, second, if it advanced religion uh, in some way, it would violate the Establishment Clause. And then third, there was a concern that if a policy led to what the court called excessive entanglement between government and religion, uh, that would be an Establishment Clause violation. And so this Lemon case kind of became the, you know, the control-alt doctrine that courts would use but the problem is it wasn't very well suited to public actions like displays. How does one decide, you know, if a display has the effect of advancing religion? So in the 80s, the court refined the lemon test a little bit and said, well, we're going to add a, add a new inquiry. We're going to ask whether a particular symbol endorses religion. But that proved over the following decades to not be very helpful either because – Endorsement was often in the eye of the beholder. 
Um, people react to symbols in very different ways. So I think in more recent years, rather than asking that kind of abstract question about endorsement, the court had started leaning more on history, tradition, and practice. Thank you so, so much, Rick. That. We have to yep. leave it there, but we could talk about this for so long. Thank, that's Rick Garnett. He is a professor at Notre Dame Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.